You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am thrilled to introduce you to Matthew Rivard, Director of Strategy and Product for Google Canada. Uh, He leads the team responsible for developing and supporting their go-to-market product and activation strategy for Google and YouTube suite of advertising and measurement solutions. Rivard has been with Google since 2010 and multiple roles. Um, and you're with us today. Yeah, and Matthew, it's thanks for being here. here. Thanks so much for having yeah. me. I'm excited to uh, talk to you today. Amazing. So I'm gonna jump right in. AI, everyone's talking about AI. We haven't really talked about it on the show yet. You are actually the first, so this is very exciting. Yeah, what an honor. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, huge buzzword, right? Um, we're hearing it so often. Uh, what impact can AI have, or if it's already had, on our ad industry? What should we be aware of? Because I think everyone's got speculation and ideas, but like, give us the skinny right now for those that are maybe even like, haven't even delved into it or been avoiding it or head in the sand or been like tickling their feet mm-hmm. in that AI world. Yeah, it's, it's certainly having a moment. Uh, we at Google believe it's the most profound technology we're working on today. Uh, wow. and, you, and I'll talk about that in a few different lenses. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in terms of societal impact, it's helping emergency response teams predict where wildfires might be going. Um, it's reducing traffic delays. Uh, you know, I'm a Waze user. I am a Google Maps user. Uh, many of us are, especially with sort of dealing with the traffic of Toronto. Hey, but Which one do you use more? What are you, what are you mostly on, though? I got to ask that. Um, Do you jump between? Well, I don't want to get too deep into like how they share data across the products either. But um, <laughs> no, no, we're gonna, but what do you both, personally use? I use both, uh, depending okay. on the scenario. If I need data around the place I'm going to, I want to know how busy yes. it is. I want to know yeah. if people like it. I want to see pictures of food, etc. Google Maps guy. Yeah. Um, if I'm stuck in a really gnarly traffic jam and I yeah. need um, like a little bit of community support. Yes, uh, yes, and I like the you know the fluffy characters of Waze yes, and, I, yes. and the optimized routing that is a little bit more selective about which streets. So both. Okay. Okay, I good. feel better now. Okay, I feel like I'm I jump between and I feel bad because I'm using two, but I I'm a Google Guide level seven. Not to intimidate you, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> I got really I'm really into Google uh, Maps. Um, like I'm a <laughs> contributor, but but I love Waze because it's like for a while I was I got four kids and I was the sky from Paw Patrol for a while. Yeah. But the data we get is incredible. Like as far as like what's happening on the roads and information, but it doesn't have the data on the locations. So yeah, I I'm a yeah. I'm a both. Yeah. And so, so there are impacts, a big and small. I think you know we also see really huge impact in the healthcare. Uh, yeah. industry already and a lot of really exciting uh, research and also learnings coming back from that. Uh, but I think the spot where it gets less attention is actually marketing and advertising. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, probably surprising to know that 80% of Google's customers are already using AI powered search ads products. Uh, more than a quarter of all YouTube video advertisers, they're already using automatically generated video uh, assets. And I think this is one of the things where um from my vantage point, it's sort of, it's already been here, uh, but it is certainly helpful that we are talking more about AI and the impacts AI is having on business and on people. So really this, as, as marketers who have been using, call it Google Trends mm-hmm. or Answer the Public, which is really just data from Google Trends, is that considered AI? Have we already been AI users if we are Google Trend users for our kind of ads and blog writing and content? Uh, yes. Like, so Google has been using machine learning 
for you know two decades. Yeah, I think in in many of our products, um, yeah, there's lots of discussion about what is AI and what isn't it. Usually, I try we, I try and separate it into sort of two different classes. There's predictive AI, which is mm -hmm. sort of like the you know the example we were talking about with ways. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, pre predict for me the easiest way to get from here to, I hear you're a Wendy's guy, but from here to a yeah. Wendy's or here to a yes, McDonald's, yes. Um, yeah. what's going to be the most efficient route uh, there? And then it's really the generative AI, which I think is having a more of a moment. Yeah, uh, it's sexier. And, and that's the other class where, you know, we're seeing all kinds of creative use cases, uh, whether that's developing assets, like I mentioned on YouTube or, or other platforms, um, coming up with copy. Uh, really helping amplify the work that we are already uh, doing. So, you know, tr trends would probably fit into the analytical uh, and predictive side of okay. things. Uh, and yeah. it, it's it's all around us, I think, right already. Uh, and so it's just where are we developing comfort with it? Where is it already helping us? And how are we uh, making the most of it? I think that I find the most interesting challenge is just, you know, where are we going from a business point of view? And how can we make sure that we uh, get the most out of this technology? Both yeah. seen and unseen. Yeah. Like, I, I still think, like, again, I will get off and ask to come and talk about AI. And, and maybe that's why I've avoided it. So you're actually our first because of this. Because I feel like we've still yet to leverage what we've already had. Like, there's still marketers and agencies still discovering Google Trends, let alone people also ask. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like the, called the layman's version of Google Trends. Like when you Google search something and it says, hey, here's what people also ask when they search that. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is such brilliant technology when it comes to like blog writing or editorial pieces or pieces that need to be uh, produced for content. Yeah. It's what it, people it, are asking. Autocomplete is another great example in search, yeah. right? Where it okay. sort of feels yeah. like um, we're able to predict like what the next letter is going to be, but also surprisingly accurate about what you yeah. might actually be completing your query. That's another great example of um, analytical and predictive AI. We declared ourselves AI first in 2017. Uh, which is quite a ways back. And, and we truly yeah. believe that, that this is the way we can sort of most best deliver on our mission. Um, and so I, you know, I'm really excited about the road ahead, uh, but obviously a lot of progress we've made uh, already. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to Vancouver. We have a tool here called Unbounce, which some people use, which is a kind of a landing page yeah, tool I'm that's clear. been using. Okay. So again, it changed the content and the copywriting and they never used the term AI. It was just more like, we're going to try a different marketing language. Do they use it now? Based... They should. Sorry? <laughs> it, it, it's great. But it's, it's a powerful, it's been around for ages. Yeah. But it's almost like now is almost this resurgence of like, well, now we know what's available. Like if Google's been doing this for ages. Mm -hmm. So what are the pieces that Google's been doing that maybe for since 2017 or today that we really should be aware of and kind of keep our finger on? Uh, I'll start from a, two different, a few different lenses. So I mentioned AI first since 2017. I think yeah. there's a lot of discussion around um, how do we treat this technology? How do we work alongside it? We came out with a set of AI principles in 2018 okay. um, around what we will do, but also what we will not do around AI. And we open sourced this essentially in 2018 to say, you know, here's what we're doing. Uh, if you'd like to think about applying these in your own organization or your own sort of um, workflows, consider these perhaps a starting point. Um, and we talk a lot about being bold, but also being responsible. Uh, and I think that's an important level set before you get it, before you get too far down the tech, because the tech has a lot of uh, sizzle. 
behind it, but it's, I, I believe truly, it's really, really important to start from the principles. And so the ones that we've aligned to is that whatever we're doing has to be socially beneficial. We have to avoid creating or reinforcing unfair bias. We have to build for, um, be built for test and safety. We have to be accountable to people, I think is a really important uh, and interesting one that we could probably talk a really long time about. Uh, we have to incorporate privacy into that and we have to uphold standards of high excellence. And lastly, you know, be, be made available for users that accord with these principles. Uh, which is a really important one as well. And I, I always think that's a really important starting point. Uh, when I'm meeting with businesses, it, that there's a tendency to immediately want to jump into, okay, what do I use? How, how do I like quickly start using generative AI or predictive AI in my business? Uh, and it's like, well, wait, uh, let's slow down a bit. How do you feel about it? How do you want your organization to feel about it? And um, you know, how are you thinking about starting from a really uh, productive long-term foundation? Uh, and so, you know, I'm grateful that in 2018 we established these principles because that then further uh, reinforces what we choose to launch, what we don't, uh, and how we bring products to market. Uh, and there's lots of really exciting ones in the marketing uh, space that I'm happy to get into. Amazing. Matt, tell me about these products. Tell me about, I know uh, Bard has been getting a lot of news, but I'm sure there's a lot more that we should be aware of as marketers and agencies. Yeah, I, I, an exciting one for me uh, is actually a product that we have called Performance Max, uh, which is our essentially best of Google. Uh, yep. Give me your assets, give me your search ad copy, give me a few images, give me some videos, uh, and we will mix and match those assets together but also across uh, Google's properties and network uh, to bring you the best outcomes possible. Uh, and what we're seeing with advertisers who use this product, simply by using it, they're seeing 18% uh, more conversions, sales, things that they care about um, than not. Uh, and that's a really, really big deal. And that is entirely, I think, powered by uh, AI. And I think it's a really important one from a marketing perspective, just because it's, it's really hard to predict what your customers or prospective customers are going to do or what they care about. Uh, and to me, this is a really, really exciting way to spend more time sort of doing what you do best, which is marketing and coming up with your stories, working on product, uh, how those are brought to life, and less time uh, trying to predict the future and where sales might come from. And we're seeing really incredible adoption, but also results with this product. Yeah. And again, I, I um, this is not a sponsored episode. <laughs> this show is in no way affiliated with Google. Um, but my my day job, my agency that I run, yeah. we are huge fans of Performance Max. We continue to see the the power that it brings, and it's it's been amazing. So, yeah, I can I can attest. Yeah, I'm glad to that. It, I'm glad it's working. Yeah. Is there anywhere? Um, uh, is there anywhere it hasn't worked? Hasn't worked. Or? Yeah. Not yet. We're trying. We're trying to break it. Right. That's the idea of like. So we. Okay. Well, and we're call, being call like. Call me when you do. No, no, totally. We're trying to be respectful too. Like we're like. It, it's funny because we tell our clients like you know they're the, like a law firm for example like hey we're gonna try this performance max out this is you know a little bit ago and be like we'll just see how it works and and we just wanted to be all open with them and and then we're able to go back and be like hey the results are awesome this is why and mm -hmm. so. What I liked about it though is that it was performance max. It wasn't like AI robots touching all your stuff. Like it was, it didn't freak them out as clients. And so, especially if you want to be straight with your clients about what you're doing, it yeah. was a very almost, it was almost a digestible way to get them into AI without freaking them out. Yeah, and that's good to hear. I think it's it's AI. A lot of um, a lot of it is about learning 
and piloting and scaling and iterating and um, you need to pick a place to start. Yeah. Uh, And so, you know, that's one good one where, right, like where you can get comfort with it and then, you know, figure out how to build workflows around it. Yeah. And performance max, just for those that are listening, minimals, maximums, what's a kind of like to get into it? Is it available to everyone? It's available to everyone. uh, And you don't need a lot to get started. I think you, you need to tell us basically my marketing objective is you know xyz i want to i want to get a lead i want to get a sell i want to sell a particular product again provide us with assets or uh, your your best copy we will mix and match that uh, depending on the format and use that uh, to find you more customers and if you think about a world before this uh, it would be hard to sort of do that right like i was we have two small children at home two girls uh saturday how, how, last saturday how old are they two, what's their four? ages Two and four. Two and four. Okay, nice, nice. Two and four. Really small IKEA desk. Both of them coloring at it. That has worked, but you know, elbows are getting sharper. People are needing more space. Uh, You know, my wife and I were saying, you know, we should finally cave and buy like a small. I don't know what they're called, but like circular breakfast table. Yes, yes. Uh, And so started that conversation about noon. By four p.m. that afternoon had converted. Uh, And if I think about the journey there, I did some searches on Google. Uh, you know, looking for like, you know, 36 inch breakfast table, um, you know, hopefully with a surface on top, that's not going to be damaged by yeah. forks, knives, markers, et cetera. Uh, and so we ended up going with concrete, which felt like a yes. safer, yeah. safer bet. Uh, but then I went to Gmail because, you know, I bought furniture online before yeah. I wanted to see, yeah. am I signed up for any loyalty things or has anyone yeah. made me any offers? I want to see past receipts or purchases I've made. So I'm going into my Gmail I'm then going to YouTube to try and get a feel for um, people who have bought these products, what they've looked or, like. Or DIY'd it, right? That's fine. <laughs> yeah, or that. But also, yeah. you know, some of the websites now have really good AR tools. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm all of a sudden like, you know, you can't see me because the video I don't think is being shared. But, you know, I'm leaning back in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Looking at it from different angles um, and, you know, ended up converting from a, a retailer that I've bought at uh, before. But prior yeah. to Pmax. If you wanted to reach me in that moment, you, you know, you yeah. might have had a search campaign already live when someone typed in, uh, you know, best 36 inch uh, breakfast table. Gmail, you would have needed a different campaign type to reach me in sort of my inbox or promotions tab. Uh, when I was there, when I went to YouTube, you know, that would have been a separate campaign you were running. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and when you're coming up with your marketing plan or marketing program, you might be thinking we've got... Um, you know, dining table inventory we need to clear, and this is who we're targeting, and these are the campaigns we're running. But, you know, my journey was pretty fast and furious, four-hour stretch on a Saturday, rapidly interacting across these. And using AI and using all the assets, uh, you know, you would have been able to have one campaign with Google that would have used AI to probably detect that, you know, hey, this person's pretty much in the moment of purchase. Uh, And, you know, this is a great way to simplify marketing for marketers because that, that was a moment where... I was pretty open to considering multiple brands and uh, really hard to do something like that manually, but yeah. a product like this can really stitch that journey together. It's amazing. So you call it, you call it uh, Pmax? Is I that call kind it of Pmax this? for short. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cool kids call it Pmax. I'm going to try that. Okay. I'm going to use it with my team today. I'm going to see if I'm, I'll be cool today. Yeah. Pmax. How's the Pmax campaigns going? Yeah. See, that's how. Um, it's awesome. Uh, what else? What are some other uh, uh, tools, options, uh, AI uh, kind of? Well, I I think also about empowering creatives, and this gets more at sort of the generative uh, AI 
use cases. Which well. I like how you've put them in boxes, by the way, like huge. I want to encourage you. Like that's really helpful, I think, to when we're talking about AI, because it's it's not all one bucket. They're very different. Yeah, it's it's very different. And so I think I like to try and split those out. I think it's also just helpful when you're talking about it. Just just yeah. pause and talk about where you're talking generative here or we're talking predictive uh, yeah. over here. I think the creative is a spot where we talk a, lo a lot about generative AI. And we believe that, you know, instead of replacing human creativity, it will enhance, enable, liberate it. And there's lots of different ways creatives can use that today. Uh, lots of sort of text to image video tools. We've got one called Imogen uh, in beta, helping create concepts, storyboards. Um, I'm a pretty heavy power user of a function called Help Me Write uh, in Gmail, which either gives you sort of those quick, fast responses or oh, I love it. I um, love starting it. points. Yes. Uh, and we've recently, uh, in our sort of Google Workspace, which is the paid versions of Gmail, Docs, Calendar, et cetera, uh, Duet AI is sort of your companion there, which can do a ton of, a ton of work with lo longer documents, uh, spreadsheets, all sort of confined to your uh, organization and not sharing sort of any data uh, back to summarize email chains, help with spreadsheet analysis, um, give you a starting point for uh, building presentations. And so a lot of those generative use cases I I'm finding have really powerful uh, impacts on uh, just workflows. And Matt, just, just a quick pause there in the, in the I want to point something out. Google's been doing the like three line, four line, I don't know, sentence email responses for a while now. This isn't brand new. AI is not, it isn't a new thing when ChatGPT came out. Like how long has that feature been around? Because I, I love it on my Gmail app. Quite a few years, quite a few years. Quite a few, I think, yes. I think what's, okay. what's changing is the velocity yes. at which okay. the underlying technology is changing. Okay. So th these yeah. features continue to get better and better and better. Yeah. And I think we're seeing a pretty rapid acceleration of the um, sophistication of the underlying models, both okay. from Google and others. I think you, yeah. know, you, you, I think you see that in the world today. Things moving really, really quickly. Uh, yeah. I, I find it hard to keep up with like the yeah. latest releases, launches, and creative ways that people are finding uh, for AI to make um, really creative stuff, but also I think really productive sort of work changing technology. Yeah. Like I was, I walked by my desk the other week and um, our designer had showed me, like they designed this, you know, candle with this background. And then there was 14 other versions of it with different backgrounds and different styles that AI had made. And, and it was done in minutes. Right. And, and so we could see it in different formats and different ways. And then we could run different ads to different kind of like segments and different types of people and different seasons based on this one image. That yeah, we took. it's, it's yeah. truly, I think, an amplifier of creativity, but also productivity. OK, so um, we talked about Performance Max. We talked about kind of the Gmail service tool, some of the other. What other things that you maybe want to highlight, especially for uh, advertisers, marketers? Um... It's actually, what I would highlight is, and I don't know if you want me to keep talking about AI, please, but please. you need to create the conditions um, okay. to actually leverage this technology effectively. Okay. Uh, and that sort of gets back at when I'm in many discussions with some of our largest you know, partners or advertisers, there's a tendency to immediately jump to, okay, show me the use cases hmm. uh, and show me how I can start using this today. And I'm usually yeah, sort yeah. of walking those conversations back towards, well, do you have a sort of formalized experimentation uh, framework that you use internally today? And, it, mm. you know, do people have a way that they can test this, learn something and scale that to the organization? Yeah. Uh, I, th I think you really need to make sure that you're set up for success mm. uh, here, which requires you to be really agile 
yeah. uh, and stay really on top of you know how you're testing, learning, and then scaling um, those things up. And so a- AI can be incredibly helpful, I think, in sort of helping you provide a unified picture of customers. To your point around the example of the candles, you know, what might this look like and how might we leverage that? Uh, but after you do that, do you have a way to reinform how you're planning that uh, again? And yeah. so I think th- that part of it is actually really, really critical in terms of how you work. Uh, in terms of what you use, I think we talked a lot about things like Performance Max or what we're now calling PMAX. Uh, in this call, we've talked about how it can help from a creative lens. There's also a lot happening in just our core search yeah. products as well, where um, a broad match you know, has been around forever at Google as a search technology. And for those less familiar with sort of how campaigns work um, at Google, you tell us, you know, I, I sell dining room tables. You add the word yeah. dining room tables to your search campaign. Yeah. Uh, it was the case that if you put that in quotes, uh, you're only going to match on sort of that exact search. If you take the quotes off, you're going to match on that search, but also some other searches. Uh, and we've had a, I think it's a 5,000 X improvement in the, the LLM, the large language model behind Broadmatch, uh, just in the last few years. And we're seeing, um, you know, similar to your call me when performance max doesn't work for you, call me when yeah. Broadmatch uh, doesn't work for you. Because okay. we've seen incredible uh, performance gains in the last just, you know, even two years on just Broadmatch, which is a technology that is reliant actually on uh, both flavors of AI that I talked about generative because we're generating more searches that you could potentially match to you hadn't thought of uh, and predictive and analytical because we're using the data already in your advertising campaign uh, to come up with that. Uh, And I find that so fascinating. It's a well shopped around sort of Google talking point that 15% of queries that are typed into Google every day are things we have never seen before. Wow. Which I always found staggering in terms of how much work it is as a search engine marketer just to keep up with yeah. those keyword lists that you might be putting in there. So Broadmatch is another one where uh, from an AI point of view, that's one where I, you know, we see a lot of, a lot of real impact. It's incredible. Um, just to take a, a step back as well here, I keep asking you questions about like tools and practice. I, I find it interesting you keep talking about responsibility and mm-hmm. use and questions. So would you maybe agree with the statement and maybe not and expand on it by saying, hey, as an agency or as a brand, as a team of marketers, as the CMO, as the folks responsible for the marketing brand, do you need to pause in this season to say, how are we going to embrace AI? What AI tools are we going to use? And, and how is Google you know, monitoring and, and being involved in the responsible use of all this stuff? It's a very good question. I think in terms of um, you're talking from a specifically from an agency lens. Yeah, both. I'm just trying to think of teams right now that are like, hey, are we going to use AI image generator tools? Are we going to use AI content writing tools like are we going to use performance max like and but it sounds like we need to pause and think how are we going to use these and yes we are but let's use them responsibly which i keep hearing you say like what's the responsible use of all these yeah and i think that's where we've we we say bold right because i think it's progress requires you to push forward whether it's marketing or ai or anything else uh change change is hard and uncomfortable yeah Yeah. Uh, and so i think that's where bold comes in because we do need to push forward. It's the only way we learn. But I think the complement to that term is responsible. Yeah. Uh, and it's you can't do one and not the other. Uh, and so I think our belief there is really that you have to do both. 
and you have to have a conversation about doing both. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's important to step back as an organizational leader or a manager or even if you're someone working in a team and make sure that you've had that talk uh, with your team, with your manager, with, with customers, making sure that everyone's clear on what we are driving towards and maybe what we're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at Google, I think everything that we've done since 2018 in this area uh, is laddered up against those principles that I mentioned earlier. And, if, you know, if you search Google AI principles on Google or your favorite search engine, um, you know, you, you'll find a, a pretty good starting point for other organizations as well. It's amazing. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, some of the brands that you're working with right now that are leveraging AI tools. You want to tell us some stories? Uh, yeah, I think there's some really, really great examples going on out there. And I think a lot of them tie back to um, what you're talking about, which is sort of getting comfortable in perhaps uh, discomfort. Yeah. Uh, and we see a lot of brands pushing forward there. I think a few shout outs I would give probably one would be to uh, L'Oreal. Yeah. Uh, with the, are you a Kiehl's user? Uh, I'm not actually. No, very good, like skincare products. Uh, But so one of their sub brands, Kiehl's, they've they've used the Performance Max campaign on, and from a you know from what they saw, they saw a close to eighty percent return on ad spend from that campaign. But I think most importantly, and this is where we sort of talk to the expansive power of this forty nine percent increase in revenue, yeah, um, just by leveraging this um, campaign type. And this was the one sort of back to the story on the dining table where we're mixing, matching the assets and also sort of mixing and match where you surf. Could be in search, could be in Gmail, could be a display ad, could be on YouTube. Uh, and and that's something where following that success, they're now scaling that to all of their e-commerce enabled wow. brands. Uh, and so also a really good example of um, not just testing something or trying something and then sort of moving on with your life, but testing and then scaling Uh, And as something graduates towards, okay, well, I guess this is the way we work now, uh, building new ways of working around that uh, and finding new ways to be uh, efficient. And so they scaled it again. And then, you know, they saw another 44% increase in one of their other lines, another 29% increase. And, you know, I think you can sort of see where this is going uh, with their sort of marketing function is, you know, a lot more focus on getting more efficient, but then obviously getting more productive because there was probably time that you were investing in terms of the tasks you were doing before and the tasks you're doing now, uh, and making sure that teams are sort of communicating where where those efficiency gains are going and how they're um, focusing their efforts on like personalization or first party data usage versus some of the nuts and bolts that they might have done before. Um, so I, that's a really good one, and I want to make sure I sort of do justice to we talked predictive and analytical, and then yeah. also generative. Yeah. Uh, Loblaws is another example yeah. okay. uh, I really liked, which was highlighted um, their Summer Insider report, which, you know, I think was a decade plus campaign that they had. They were making a big shift to digital um, uh, from sort of something that had previously been very flyer 
focus. And we've got a product called Ads Creative Studio, where they took one creative asset and turned that into 16 different variations, each one similar creative, but unique messaging tailored to specific audiences, uh, leveraging AI. Uh, and I think this is sort of an aha moment as a marketer when you're able to see something that we were doing before that we would plan for separately in each market with different audiences. We're now able to um, do one scale rapidly and generate a lot of learnings uh, from. So I think those are two really good examples of leveraging uh, AI. And you know, like I mentioned earlier, 80% of our advertisers Google-wide are already using AI products. So you know, there's probably so many stories to tell yeah. across the board here on how people are really getting the most from uh, AI. Yeah, and I think maybe you know I had a client once be like, "How are you using? <laughs> how are you using AI for my account?" And I was like, "Well, we've been using this for AI. like you know, look what we've been doing, and this is some of the data we use." And they were also once we exposed it, and they were shocked still of what data is available, what marketing opportunities are still available to us. Yeah, and, and this is a spot where I think it's important for marketers yeah. um, to start to take up some of the oxygen on the AI conversation. Yeah. Uh, because it is already driving, I think, just incredible impact for yeah. uh, business. Uh, and also something where I think it's, you know, it's not super glamorous to talk about broad match, no. uh, keyword matching. <laughs> no. Uh, but it is probably, if you were to look at the uh, dollar spent, yeah. uh, you know, one of probably the most impactful uses of AI, uh, I would argue, like on the internet. Yeah, or or but at the same time, I I still I did a workshop last week and I talked about Google Trends and and people also ask and people are still shocked in the room. They never heard about it, didn't know it was a tool that they as a, a business owner could use and leverage. Um, and it's very fun. It's also yeah. And I, this gets back to I think just the you've noticed I tend to steer things back towards have the conversation. What yeah. are you doing around experimentation? Um, it's really really important to have this not be a top down. Uh, effort and good ideas come from everywhere is something we always say mm -hmm. um, at Google. And so gather ideas from a team. Someone knows about Google Trends, yeah. probably in most organizations. And um, you know, figure out what are the what are the technologies that we want to experiment with. Come up with a smart hypothesis. So you know, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time bound. Yeah. Uh, and you build that into the team and the organizational practice. And you know, you'll you'll quickly find that you're able to learn much faster and more efficiently than you have before. Yeah. Uh, and whether it's AI or something else, um, yeah. you know, that sort of emphasis makes it much easier to uh, figure out your plan on, you know, how to use these technologies. Yeah. I uh, was doing a workshop last week with a guy, Shane Gibson, and he played a video and he used MyGen, um, mm -hmm. which is, again, he put up a, you know, shot a little video of himself with a background. And then he proceeded to play this video of him saying something in English for, you know, 20 seconds and then in French and then in, you know, Mandarin and then in Spanish. And it was beautiful and his lips were moving with it and it was all using that tool. And then he had it up on YouTube. And so he's like, hey, I've made now five of these. And so when I send something out, I put a YouTube link depending on what country they're in. And I can now advertise to different people depending on what country they're in, in their language with me speaking their language. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And I think it's one of the things where I'm so excited about the potential yeah. that's there. And we didn't talk about the challenges. And I don't know if you're going to ask me that hard hitting question, uh, because I'm sure listeners might be wondering, well, you know, if he's doing that, you might have had someone else doing that uh, in a different language before. Uh, and so I'll surface that myself as Please. like something something that I've heard come up 
I think in the past, right? And uh, story from my own life. I, as a hobby, am very into impressionism and impression okay. paintings. Yeah. Um, and you know, when I first started using generative AI models, yes. uh, you know, I type in, I want a scenic picture of Northern Ontario Lake in the style yes. of Monet, and you yeah. know, snap your fingers, there it is. Um, wow. and, you know, I, and I think we've seen these moments before. Um, I, and a, a related parallel, I think, is actually the history of photography. Yes. Um, when, when that first arrived, many worried that that sort of signaled the end of art. Because, mm. you know, if, if you can push a button yeah. and take a picture of what you're seeing, why do we need someone to uh, paint that? Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that was sort of landscape. I'm into landscape. That was in yeah. sort of the landscape and yeah, yeah. Uh, portrait side of things. But, you know, in many ways, the opposite yeah. became 100%. true from that innovation. Yeah. Uh, you know, artists were freed from, we need to focus on replicating uh, life yeah. and, you know, accurately re reproducing reality. Painters now went to new places, yeah. uh, which led to the rise of Impressionism, Modernism, you know, all kinds of other yeah. revolutions in the artwork, which I think we, we can look back and appreciate now in museums and even in, you know, for the hobbyists like myself. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, photography then became an art form on itself you know, powered in and intertwined with sort of AI and powered by technology. And so I think that's where um, we, I would bring things back to bold and responsible. Uh, because when you are thinking about being bold, a lot of questions can come up with sort of what if and what about the way we work today. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's where it really, really requires the courage to, to push ahead uh, and really sort of up level where and how you're spending uh, your time. Because there are parts of that where, you know, this technology can be a great um, force multiplier. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think, again, I could be wrong here, but I think in-person events, personal interviews, things that are called boutique, like vinyl records, right, became on the huge rise when things went so digital with Spotify and, you know, all the other options. Mm -hmm. I really think, yeah, what you're saying about AI, I think human interaction is going to be even more valuable in the next, you know, five years. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And there's, there's actually some really interesting um, studies starting to come out. I think Harvard and BCG just did one around sort of AI use in the workplace mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, equipping consultants with it and a portion of consultants not equipped with it. And what do we see in terms of sort of productivity yeah. uh, and impact uh, there? And it's, you know, it's something even within my own organization, I'm encouraging us to sort of practice what we preach, uh, which yeah. is why I told you, I'm, you know, I'm a power user of all the the Google technology we've got with uh, Duet and Workspace and um, you know, lots of other elements because I want to be more productive too. What, are you a Google local guide? <laughs> not, the same, not the same degree as you. I'm, One day. I'm a little ashamed. You can join me. <laughs> there's, there hasn't been many perks these days, but I, it's still amazing. I still love it. Um, once in a while, so once in a while, I will get a prompt. Yeah. And like my reviews are very popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like and we those. We could use some it... more of my reviews. Yeah, and, um, yeah, it makes me feel very good. Yeah, no, it's great. It's lovely. Uh, but I also sort of wonder, like, who am I? Yeah. Sort of, and, and I, you know, I have lots of friends who invest a lot of time yeah. in that as well, and I'm super appreciative of that. And it's to sort of the point of I think the value of getting that um, human experience. Yeah. You know, that's where I think that's so incredibly valuable. Is how are we uh, perceiving and interacting with the world and making that sort of useful and relevant for others. For and sure. that's, that's a great example. So thank you for your service. No, you're very welcome. <laughs> As a guy. I, feel, I feel like I, I, I receive so much. Like it used to be this, like, I don't even, I guess they're still around, but like Yelp, 
elite used to do thing, but then like, but Google, like I go there and I'm like, I learn so much, right? And so I feel like I should contribute back. And then it's like, I feel safer contributing there than like Instagram or other places. Cause I feel like it's, I can actually go back and review it mm-hmm. and it's contributing to the community. Yeah. Um, and as a parent too, I was like, I, you know, I got four kids. It's like, Hey, this is super kid friendly or this is not kid friendly or whatever you want to put in there. Okay. Um, How old are your kids? I've got almost five, uh, eight, uh, almost 10 and 16 okay. turning 17 in a couple of weeks. He's going for okay. his, yeah. And, and do you talk at home about AI? I'm curious. We, we have the, actually. The impacts they see, whether it's education or other. It hasn't hit elementary schools yet. Like we haven't seen that education or development there. But my grade 12 student talking about it there, mostly on the uh, essay writing piece of mm-hmm. it. And, and what is the um, ethics around um, kind of plagiarism? And can you have AI write your pieces? And what does it look like? And how are teachers responding? And so there's more on the kind of, uh, written content element mm-hmm. of it has been fascinating. Um, yeah, I, I am very, fa- he's going to be going to university next year. Curious how his first year at university will handle it and what they're going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to jump to side though. Have you discovered landscape artists of the year yet? The TV series landscape artist of the year. Yes. No, I haven't. Oh man! So during COVID, there was like the British Baking Show and okay, yeah. yeah, I'm familiar but with that one. Yeah, I discovered this. it's like British Bake, same vibe, but but I I'm, I went to school actually to be a painter, so that's my background. Oh, um, but it's like that same vibe as Baking Show, but it's painters, but different styles of painters who go to different parts of the UK and paint landscapes, and then they compete to one day win a commissioned landscape piece that will go in like the royal gallery in britain oh i'm in i'm in i want to go to school to be a painter okay okay Uh, it's it's the most i'll I'll watch my kids sometimes and draw we'll we'll sit in different story yeah 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 no i actually i never got it like i i went one year i did painting and then i ended up in another plane because my mom was like you gotta be practical you can't be a painter um but beautiful same 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 conversation for me and that's how i ended up in engineering Look at us. Um, you ready for the rapid fire? Uh, sure. Yeah. Phone ready? Phone ready? Sure. Um, what was your first ever job? First ever job was, you know what? I would actually say it's uh, in marketing. I worked, before it was affiliate marketing, I was mm-hmm. selling the internet. Nice. Um, by mailing CDs. Oh, that is awesome. Across neighborhoods. And there's a good story there where I got into some trouble with the IRS uh, as a 12-year-old, uh, running an affiliate marketing business um, with some, I think I had made up like my corporation number and that sort of thing on the document, but that actually wow. got me hooked on that the internet. Is... I was sort of distributing the internet. I don't know if you remember when the internet oh, came yeah. on a CD. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so I was a CompuServe <laughs> reseller. CompuServe. That is amazing. Yeah. Okay. So that was my first job and that sort of set me down the path of being really passionate about you know the internet and technology. So cool. Um, night owl or early bird? Both. Okay. It's actually midday or my midday is my worst moment. So I'm okay. great in the morning, great at night, uh, yeah. and have to sort of manage my energy throughout the day. Okay. Uh, napper, maybe under your napper. Good. I could I could use a nap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cat or dog person? You know what? I admire both. Yeah. Dog cool. dogs for sort of their friendliness and loyalty, but I think just cats for their self sufficiency and. I would say beauty as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, dark or milk chocolate? Dark chocolate. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Favorite word right now? AI. Uh, I guess that's la- too much, but... 
No, it's great. Uh, <laughs> last charity you supported financially or with your time and why? Uh, last charity that I supported financially was actually a friend who at Google uh, who was based in Maui for a few years and actually yeah. ended up having a few of his children there to support okay. the um, unfortunate fires that had happened yeah. in Lahaina. So that was the last one. Okay. Um, a movie that you just love, you could watch over and over again. There's so many that I watch over and over again in different genres, but yeah. I think Bloodsport from yeah. an action movie yeah. Yeah. point of view is a classic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Back to the Future, probably yeah. my favorite sort of all-time go-to yes. rewatch movie. Very cool. Um, favorite song or album on repeat right now? It's unfortunate because I would say the soundtrack to Moana yeah, would be no. the top thing in my Spotify it's based awesome. on both, both of my children. Uh, so I actually don't get that much time uh, to listen to my own music, but yeah. um, I am rediscovering Taylor Swift yeah. because of the hype. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was there for the country moments, but you yeah. know, I'm back with some of her more recent stuff now. Man, her collab with uh, Bon Iver is beautiful. One of my favorite songs. It's gorgeous. Um, if you weren't doing this job in like another multiverse, what would you be doing with your life? I would be doing impressionism. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Maybe both of us would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, take that, mom. Um, uh, <laughs> app on your phone you can't live without. Gmail. Yeah, yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, favorite children's book? Uh, I don't know if this is what it's called, but The Bunny Planet. I need yeah. a visit to the bunny planet. I don't know if you've read that one, but that's a no, good one. Nice. Uh, best thing you ever bought for under $10? It's an odd purchase, but it was sort of a, a phone stand. Yeah. I never knew the merits of like a phone stand until I yeah. bought one. And I was like, actually, this is quite useful. Really? Nothing on my desk. I oh, should great. send you, I have a Google one. Oh, we, nice. We, we have been hosting Google partner events for the last, we, we, for the last, 10 years and every year we'd have a new swag item and one year it was these lego um phone holders from google amazing yeah i've got a few i'll, I'll like get me i'll get your address after i'll send you one of those i appreciate that thank you yeah um what's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about that is a deep question You know what it might have been, if I think about just the impact and where I am now, it would have been probably like the path I wanted to take from an education yeah. point of view. Nice. I was pretty adamant on the uh, arts track Yeah. and an interesting pivot towards software engineering. It's awesome. But you probably bring that angle to it, which I think is pretty beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a big moment. Uh, business or marketing book you'd recommend? Or newsletter? Yeah. Uh, so Build by Tony Fidel. I think is a really fantastic book. He's, you know, legendary, I think, for his involvement in um, iPhone development, yeah. uh, iPod development, but also founder of Nest. Uh, and it's essentially all of his lessons that he gives to um, people who he doesn't have time to mentor. Uh, yeah. But it's all that advice bundled up in one nice book. So that's one I recommend for everyone. Amazing. Um, skills required for a new economy. So uh, new people coming up into marketing, advertising, working for MarTech, working for Google. What do you, uh, what do you look for? Most important skill is curiosity. Okay, nice. Beautiful. That's great. Uh, if only we could, uh, there's a course in curiosity in university or college. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, 
Anything else you want to leave with listeners, viewers today, Matt, on uh, AI, Google, things they should be aware of? I think the most important thing to be aware of, I would probably tie it back to what we chatted about on being bold, but also being responsible. Yeah. Um, so Come make on. sure that you are giving equal weight uh, to both. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's no bad place to start. Yeah. I think once you have sort of had that um once you have had that talk and that focus, I think yeah. that's probably what I would try and leave uh, everyone with is, you know, do both of those things. Amazing. Uh, and I want to close it. Just, I'll, I'll go first on this one. I don't usually answer these questions, but I'm going to answer and I'd love to hear your answer. Um, YouTube, your favorite channels you subscribe to on YouTube. Um, I, I am, and this is so cool because I, because my kids ages, we are all big fans of Mark Rober. So mm-hmm. used to be a NASA scientist, makes the most beautiful, incredible videos. Um, and of course, Mr. Beast is just continues to kill it and we love it. And it's just fascinating. And his philanthropic stuff is amazing. And, uh, kids, the kids, my five-year-old loves kids, the kids. I don't like kids, the kids, but it's like, he's obsessed with kids, the kids. Okay. Uh, my favorite ones I've got, I've got lots. Um, Marquise Brownlee, I think is an important, is, uh, you know, important one, I think from just what's happening in the tech, yeah. uh, landscape, there's a few podcasts, I follow along there too. I think All In Podcast. Yeah. I don't know if you've got a YouTube channel where you post these as well, but. We used to. We should get back on that. We should sign do me that. up for some of those because I'm okay. deeper on the um, podcasting side. Yes. So yes. YouTube AI Explained. Okay. Uh, is another good and sort of relevant, Ooh. timely one. We should get a link. If you could send us a link to that, and that maybe we'll work with your team to get links to all these resources you mentioned. That'd be a great one. Yeah. Link. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the other stuff I go to is probably like more boring, like new stuff like Bloomberg and. Yeah. I was just talking about my team this morning. Remember some good news with Jim Krasinski from the office. It was one of our, yes, I think he sold it after COVID. Like it was one of my favorite shows. And it's so funny because it was, it was actually, I was the first time actually because of some good news. I like, I always had YouTube app on our TVs, but it was Mm -hmm. the first time I was like, I use the subscribe feature religiously. So now I now go to the subscribe section now on YouTube every time I'm with my, you know, going to watch a show versus like there's Netflix and all those other options. But YouTube subscribe section is now my go-to to be like, has Robert put out a new video? Because we go every week to find out if some good news put out a new video. I loved it. Yeah, I love that too, right? It like yeah. such a wonderful take during a time that wasn't so great. Man, you'd cry, you'd laugh. Like it was beautiful, beautiful. And all, uh, and actually edited out of Calgary. So it was a firm uh, out of uh, right in our backyard that put oh, that all together. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Architectural cool. Digest as Ooh. well. That's another oh, those are personal fave of mine. Like they've got yeah. a lot of really good like short segments. Yeah. Uh, and then what else do I watch re- religiously? First We Feast. Okay, I don't know. Cool. Also good. It's sort of okay. escalating escalating wings, like yeah. a hotness degree. And oh, so, okay. You yeah. know, you start really mild and by yeah. the time we got to this point in the episode, we'd be like off the chart spicy. Is that like Hot Ones? Hot Ones. Yeah, Hot Ones. Yeah. Is it is it called First We Feast? Is that the name of it? I think it's called First We Feast. Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. I saw I saw NSYNC doing that recently. They all got, they did a reunion together and together. they got back together and ate hot wings and were interviewed while they're eating hot wings. It was wild. Amazing. And they showed some behind the scenes where they have a room before you go and do it full of Pepto Bismol and Tums <laughs> that you can. <laughs> it was great. Um, Amazing before and after. Matt, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I'll get you your phone case after this, uh, or phone holder. It's great. It's beautiful. Um, 
and look forward to having you on again. I think even honestly, I, I don't doubt it in six months from now, we'll even have another conversation about some of the new features and maybe learnings that you've had at Google. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks for joining Thanks. us this week on Marketing News Canada, and we'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.